What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Miracle! Hey, behave! Recording this podcast as we uh, watch the 75-player DraftKings game with a closer eye than Axe on the market. Uh, this is this is a rush. I'll tell you that much. Well, uh, I mean, at the time of recording, Eldrick Tiger Woods. Jupiter, Florida, uh, is in third place, guy. He is flying up the leaderboard. Had a couple people ask me, God, your DraftKings game filled up so fast. I said, well, once you once you get hot, you know, it's, these games are going to be 200 people before you know it. Uh, we got PGA Championship. I, to me, has a 150 minimum fuel already. I mean, just how fast we got 75. Uh, Tiger just clearly brings some juice. God, we love our friends at DraftKings. Promo code HAM. Download the app. Yeah, get the app or just go on the .com. I do both. Uh, and here's the deal, too, for those of you listening that didn't get into this last DraftKings game. Download the app. You, you got to be – here's the other thing. Don't wait until the game is ready to roll and then try to do the sign-in and the ham. And who knows? Maybe you get stuck. So do it right now. Download the app. Promo code HAM. Get a free shot at a million bucks. The top prize only at DraftKings. When you use the promo code HAM, make your deposit. Our games are – We've been doing ten dollar games. That's been going well. So put ten, you know, have ten bucks in there, ready to roll. Once you're in one of our games, we add you to our basically our list. And so when we create a new game, boom, all the people who have played in a previous game get the first invitation. So you gotta just be ready. we're gonna use those lists for football too. Yeah, we'll I would be using those anyone lists playing for... golf is gonna be playing in the NFL. So those right? lists will get bigger and so bigger and bigger and yeah. better and better and all that. So the winnings have gone up. Right now we got top fifteen. 
uh, win in this group of 75. I would say for the 3M, do we go 100 people next week? I would say yes. Well, yes, let's check the field, but I, I would imagine it'd be pretty good. Yeah. I mean, we got to go. It might not even matter. Who cares? Who cares? So another full weekend of golf ahead. And then again, part of this is get when you get into the golf, you're on our list and you'll be the first to know about football um, and anything else we do. So (laughs) golf. we were talking about this before the podcast. Golf is so easy. You just you pick the six golfers. You stand to the salary cap. You submit your lineup and um, minimum five dollar deposit required. I said our games are 10. That's different. But just for DraftKings, minimum five to get the bonus. Uh, eligibility restrictions apply draftkings.com for details. To, to me, there's good and bad with golf because it's a four day process in the NFL. When you do Sunday only, it is just the one day. So you can like, you get furious at Julio Jones when he has no catches. And then the next week he has like 12 and three touchdowns, but at least it's just a one day misery. Like right now. I mean, it's just, I, I it doesn't look good for me again. And I, I might've also played in like three other games at $10 a pop. So I, I'm just, I'm in the red guy, even though they advertise on the podcast. I'm losing a lot of money just trying to win some money oh. in fantasy golf. Was that a was that a birdie or a par putt for Brooks? Uh, that it had did to Brooks be a just miss putt. it. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. T eighty three, John. T eighty three. I rewound to watch Tiger uh, bounce golf balls on his sand wedge. He's got a mini camp nose tackles number up there next to his name right now. T eighty three. It doesn't look good, guy. It doesn't <laughs> look good for Middlecoff. Who might just be the worst fantasy golf player in the history <laughs> no, you're, of fantasy golf? I think golf. T- title turn. You just got to adjust your, adjust your. you know, like w- we both made two very different decisions, right? I second-guessed it, but I stuck with Tiger. You did not go with Tiger, and you told me this morning, I think Tiger would, will be good today. Now, who knows how it plays out, but he started good. I assume more, you checked how many, what percentage of people in our game have Tiger in their team right now? Like 30%, so basically probably 25. I thought it'd be 75. higher. Yeah. One philosophy I have as someone who just started playing fantasy and has only in his career ever played daily fantasy, but my philosophy is pretty simple. I try to go outside the box. So like on a week where everyone's going, Mahomes, they're playing the Jaguars. He's going to throw for five touchdowns. I always think, well, everyone's going to take Mahomes. Yeah. I'm Oh, Kirk Cousins is playing the Lions. I'll go that way. Now, one thing I've learned is you often get burned because when you ride – Secretariat, you're probably going to win the Triple Crown. When you try to like do that, like just take Tiger. Now, Brooks has been one of the best players, but I do that in football a lot. Like, you know, I, I love the matchup of Seth Roberts against this shitty slot corner. And it's just like, take fucking Stefan Dix. You know, <laughs> just stop overthinking it. I, I love doing that. Like, I, I, I love, uh, I love Mostert. You know, against this uh, Cardinal defense, it's like, well, you should have just take it Saquon. You know, he gets yeah. you two touchdowns a yeah. game. I, I understand. I mean, that's part of the fun of it. But the thing with golf is that you just, well, I've learned pretty quickly, is making the cut is just so critical. Just having guys make the cut is a True. big deal. You'll have a, you'll have a chance of being in the money, even if you don't have the leader. Um, anyway, those are just our philosophies. What do we know? Neither one of us has won our, any of our games in a month. So, I mean, I've won a few bucks early, but I haven't won first place yet. I've won zero money, guys. I'm probably $100 in the hole since we've been playing this. Uh, but we all get to hang out together on DraftKings, so come yeah, join fun. us. I, it honestly keeps me engaged. Uh, pot, uh, we got a little rain. Uh, podcast also brought to you by Ease. Ease, great to have them back on the podcast, John. Ease.com, promo code HAM. Ease, E-A-Z-E.com, yep. promo code HAM, 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 HAM. Yep, go to Ease.com, promo code HAM. If you use this in our last 
uh, big marketing push last fall. You, you already used it. So I, when I, I got a couple people DM me. They tried to use the promo code, said it didn't work. I asked, well, have you used it before? They said yes. I said, here's the key. Use your girlfriends. Use your wife. Use your brothers. Use your roommates. Just use other, use other avenues. It still works. It just has to be a first-time user. Ease.com, like you said, E-A-Z-E.com. The Bay Area, Los Angeles, Southern California, our friends in the 916, our friends down to the 559, they are all over the state of California. Last time I checked, we got 40-plus million people in all the major places. Check it out. Nation's leader, John. Code. Yeah, the nation's leader. California leading the country. Leader. On demand, guy. It's like, you know, when you go on demand deliver uh, for a movie, on-demand delivery for a pre-roll, a vape, or an edible. Do it. It's easy. Tell your friends. Got to be 21 or older. Get get verified online in minutes. Then you start browsing the vast selection. Then the clock counts you down. Minutes, not hours, certainly not days. Ease.com. Promo code ham. You know what's crazy is I went to pick up this breakfast burrito. This place, Mel's Diners. You know, they're kind of old school. Yeah, they have I got good one down here burritos. by me. So I, I sometimes, you know, if I'm just feeding a breakfast burrito, I go get a breakfast burrito there. And I walked in. They must sell beer there because I look up and they say, we card. And, you know, it's, a, it's an automated like you'd see in like a weight room of the time. But it's the date. And it said whatever yesterday's date was, yeah. July 15th, 2020. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. The, you're 21 if you were born after the night. This is insane. I, I felt... I have never felt more old when I looked up and I saw that. And first I did the math. I'm like, wouldn't it be 99? But maybe just like that you're, you know, zero that year. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Still, I mean, it's just, it's wild, man. It, it, it threw me off. I'm glad it you didn't ruin my, it didn't ruin my day, but it just, it did made me contemplate life. It rattled you a little bit. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, fuck. You got to live every day like it's you your last You start thinking, guy. am I halfway home? Am I more than halfway home? <laughs> I mean, who knows? I mean, am I on 17? If, well, if, if I'm halfway, I mean, I've lived till 70. You see a lot of people live 70. That's a long life. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that place. Uh, well, Mel's. Um, I got a DM, and we, you, you, we threw this out on the last podcast. You got a local, you have a, you work at a restaurant. You, your family has a restaurant. You, you have a local restaurant that you love, that you want to help support. Just DM us on Instagram, preferably, or Twitter, but I get back to Instagram DMs faster. I know you do, too. Um, I closed my Twitter DMs. Did you? Yeah, well, there you go. Too popular. Uh, I got this one from Mike. Mike, who actually I know has listened to the podcast for a long time, Mike Allen, uh, came up to me, him and his girlfriend, Jess. I met them at a Cal baseball game, and now that I'm thinking about it, it was was ASU. It was Torkelson. It was Spencer Torkelson. Andrew Vaughn facing off at Cal. He's a listener of the. He came up to me, wanted a photo. Are they both on the Tigers? Uh, no. Uh, Andrew Vaughn's on the White Sox. Okay. He's like, hey, I think I was with uh, JT Snow, and they're like, hey, can I JT a photo? And I try to like sneak by, and they're like, you too. And I'm like, why? He's like, promo code ham. So Mike, much love, and his girlfriend ASU Sun Devils. He, this is what he said. My best friend's family owns and operates. La Ginestra, I think it is. L-A-G-I-N-E-S-T-R-A. Not Italians. La Sounds Ginestra. Uh, downtown Mill Valley, Bay Area. Opens in 64. Amazing Italian food. Known for their ravioli dishes. My friend's dad hand makes them every day. They're open for takeout right now. They'd appreciate a shout out. Thank you. So, Mike, appreciate you listening. And uh, La Ginestra. When, when Mike came right, up for a photo, what did, what did JT Snow think? 
Goddamn, this guy. I think he was already gone. I think he was. Oh, he he didn't see the dipped out the door. Oh, he was that trying to avoid the move. further photo. All the other photos that people. That would have been a powerful move. He walks up to both of you and he goes, "Hey, guy, could I get a photo?" Right, and JT's like, "Sure," assuming he's going to just hand me the camera so I can take a photo of the two of them. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, there JT's, you go. Didn't JT's dad NFL player? Jack. Yeah, Jack. Yeah. Wide wide receiver. Rams. Was the, he was uh, a Rams analyst for a while when the Rams were good, like the greatest show on turf. I think he was the Rams radio analyst. Passed away pretty recently, right? Last couple uh, yeah, years. Yeah, I think it's been a few years now, but yeah, three or four. Yeah, I remember that name. Very good golfer. His son, uh, JT's JT kid go- or the dad. JT, I'm sure his dad was too. I just know JT's. I think his son still goes to University of Hawaii, and JT likes to go out there go golfing with his kid. What he an athlete or just goes school? No, I think he was a pretty good high school golfer, but I think now he just goes to school. Got Unless he could have transferred. Who do you think is the better golfer, JT Snow or Sean Estes? Uh, I don't know. I texted Sean Wednesday, and he just got done with 18 in Arizona. I, Sean's – I've never pl- – I could I see him with- just have a buttery, smooth, lefty swing. Yeah. Just, just a great short game. Basically the good-looking version of Mickelson, but I, a former player. I play with Sean once, and it's exactly that. I've never played with – I've heard JT's really good, though. Where did you play with Estes? Presidio. Oh. That's a- On one of his baseball off days. A few, a few happens, years ago. Know. I'll come, I'll come meet uh, well, I know. I DM'd him. Uh, well, I texted him yesterday and said, hey, you coming up to the Bay Area at all anytime soon? He's like, no, we're doing all the games from – he's doing all the games from home, all the pre and post I, stuff. Did you see ESPN? Uh, every national game is going to be from the studios. Really? For, uh, for, for baseball? the broadcasters. We got to get ready for yeah. Cow Club next week, John. That's what, that's what I heard. <laughs> hey, everyone's uh, pulling some strings. All right. Uh, so a lot to get to today on the show. Um, have you, did you just follow? I just followed NBA bubble life. It's, you know what? I, I think NBA players are starting to have, it started a little rough. Rondo with the middle finger calling the four star or five star hotel motel six. I think NBA players are starting to settle into the bubble, John, and realize that bubble life is not so bad away from the stresses of 20 people ticket requests and driving and going home and you got the kids are screaming at night or keeping you up and you got to get the baby and you got to get to practice and you got to drive back and somebody's coming into town and you got a new couch getting delivered and should we change the paint color and what about a vacation? What are we doing during the all-star break? Are we going to plan that? Like none of that, none of that. In fairness to the negativity about the bubble, it was one guy and it's a pretty polarizing individual. It's true. (laughs) And then the next day, I'm pretty sure Rondo fell and like broke his thumb. Like Rondo's out. Yeah, right yeah. So, I I've seen a lot of young players. I think we talked about this on the last podcast. Uh, how do you say his first name? Thibel Matisse. 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 Like I, I, you see a lot of younger guys kind of enjoying it, right? If if you if I was a multimillionaire and got to hang out in Disney World, which looks like they got a lot of cool shit to do, you know, I think at first it was like, oh. You know, because people were making fun. You're allowed to play cards or no doubles in ping pong. Well, the guy, they're like playing in sweet golf courses and just doing a lot of like they have like bowling. You got a lot of shit there, right? It's the happiest place on earth. And these guys, especially the younger players, feel like they're having some fun. That's all to me. I saw Jordan Clarkson after Myers Leonard shotgun some beers. They started shotgunning beers. To me, there's a huge... an element of the NBA that's been lost with the elites, the, the, of the LeBrons and Carmelos and Dwayne Wades, 
they've kind of branded themselves as huge wine drinkers. And I've been saying this for over and over. Like, I, I do think that's hurt the league a little bit. Like, the shop, they were all drinking wine. It's like, who are they? Even, like, who's their base? Like, my mom? I mean, most... When I go to an NBA game, people are drinking beers or cocktails. Like, what, what are you guys doing? And, and when you see guys shotgunning beers, it was actually refreshing to see. Because what you, I kept saying this during the last dance. Like, what do you notice? Michael, Phil, Scotty, then it, the Dream Team, they're like shotgunning beers, drinking Miller Lights. It felt very American. And I, I do think the NBA's lost some of that. Like, it became this elite country club. And you see some of these guys, like, God, they're kind of relatable again. They're just fucking around, hitting shitty golf shots, making fun of each other. Like, I, I think the NBA has lost touch with that the last three or four years. And it, it, it actually is an opportunity, if they play it right, to kind of feel like, ah, these guys are relatable again in, in, a, in a weird way. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, part of it is you don't have a choice, right? And you've, you've heard um, older players talk about this all the time. And I, it certainly applies in baseball. It applies. I don't know if it applies as much in football, but definitely in basketball and baseball. I don't where, think it applies in football just because you're only gone for a day. Yeah, you don't have road trips, right? And you hear older players. I'd say, a road I'd say trip, Super, Super Bowl based football would probably be the only comparable, right? The way you've heard people talk about it. Yeah, but yeah, and you have so many responsibilities that you're not just all hanging out together. But now you're just all kind of stuck together, right? Which is the way yeah. it used to be before everybody was super wealthy and everybody had you know maybe four or five people coming on the road with them not everybody but a lot of people or you just have enough money to fly people in from different areas to come hang i'm not i'm just talking like i'm not even talking like single women that you're meeting up with i just mean your families are coming in or agents are meeting you and you just got you're doing tv appearances and all this stuff now it's very collegiate right you're just all kind of in the same spot you just kind of have to make your own fun there's really not a lot can't, going can't on. bring in anyone you don't have the options that money gives you right? money means nothing right to them right now right so you just kind of go back to the way it used to be right i mean baseball players used to hang out around after a game and drink beers in the clubhouses now beers are kind of it's they do a little less of that because you know you don't want duis and but also it's mostly just guys you got you just leave you leave just go yeah. get your own stuff to do because you got to get up early in the morning. Like what? Like season two or this major league two, right? Where they all got rich and they stopped hanging out together and they all just kind of get big heads and and they lose kind of that camaraderie. And so maybe some of that that camaraderie um, is coming back because you know this. Like you've worked in college. We've both been around. I anyone that's went to college and ever had a class. Like basketball players are by and large pretty fun people. Like they're funny people. They got time to fill. They hang out. They're usually not super. Like I don't know how many elite golfers play with people like me. Like shitty golfers, basketball players. Like you said, they just go to an open gym and just get some shots up at whatever. They're just pretty easy going people by and large. And um, and that's I think this bubble kind of just forces you to you don't get to you just don't have that the simplest way to you don't have that many options. You just got to well, do the simple stuff. I know this at Fresno State. On Sundays, the day after a game, you the practice was basically like running sprints. You know, they it's good for like the lactic acid to not be sore or whatever. That's what they say. It's never happened to me. But uh, and we would give them rally burgers, and you know what a rally burger is. Yeah. Most people listening probably don't think like the lowest level burger chain, and that's even lower is what rally burgers are. And the happiness rally is the these brand. Burgers, Rally is the brand. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. They had a double yeah. drive-through. Remember that? Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, the burgers are couldn't be any dirtier. And when you handed these burgers, whether it was Ryan Matthews or the walk-on, 
the happiness, and they would always ask for multiple double cheeseburgers. And that there was a rawness. Just college athletes are are they're all kind of the same. Just like most young people, free food, free cheeseburgers, you're fucking happy as shit. And then once you start getting money, I think you have a good point. Is like back in the '90s, they did have a lot of money, right? Like Charles Barkley in like '92. Right, he's still making two or three million dollars relative to what most people were making. Like back then, probably forty thousand dollars was a lot. So he was making a ton, but there weren't cameras and stuff. You could you were hear stories like those guys used to go out and be around normal people. You told me a story, maybe you said it on the podcast. I think you did. When the Rockets were in town, you saw like Westbrook come into a restaurant on Polk Street in San Francisco. Yeah. And they kind of ushered him really quick to the back, or did he just walk to the back? No, no, he went to the back just to go to the restroom. But he sat in the front. He just had the first couple people in were like his bodyguards or whoever. Yeah, and I just think it's hard for those guys to live normal lives now. With the, I think the camera phones on top of the, maybe even less than the money have kind of impacted their lives more. Everywhere they get, people are putting the cameras up. And there's an element here you don't really need to. If anyone's camera like phoning you, it's just your teammate or another guy fucking with you. It's it, it a, has an opportunity because wouldn't you say that's training a great camp point? You just kind of it's N- easier to let your guard down. I think with training camp in the NFL is kind of a pure time, like when you're just around the players. You and I have interviewed players. I've been on the other side. It's very optimistic. It's very just. It, it kind of has a collegiate feel, even though with training camp, unlike you'd say like the bubble, you're fighting for a job. But th- there is an element of just togetherness. The group. It's just kind of. It's a powerful kind of time where you're just all kind of together. And anyone that the older you get, those times diminish, you know, in every aspect of your life, right? With your family, let alone professionally. Mm-hmm. It's much more kind of independent, everything. And I can't imagine once you have unlimited wealth. I remember John Lynch told the story. It probably happens a little less in basketball just because. Like, the Warriors weren't that phased by winning. They were already super rich and super famous. They just kept winning more, right? It eventually gets hard, like Shaq and Kobe or the Warriors dynasty. Like, you run out of gas. But you don't often hear, like, Kevin Durant just got too rich. No, I mean, he was rich as shit before he showed up. They just started kicking everyone's ass. In football, I remember Lynch gave an interview in the last, like, decade. Might have been, like, a coward-type show. And just be like, I knew... The training camp the next year after we won the title, and like our right guard had a uh, you know had a local TV deal. Uh, every player on the team had a sweeter car. That's the one thing in the NBA. Like dudes have sweet cars from the, they have sweet cars in college, right? <laughs> like check out Kentucky's uh, you know player lot, right? That's money really doesn't phase NBA players. Like if you're good, you're good. Like James Harden doesn't lose because he's rich. Sometimes he just runs out of gas or misses shots. In football, like, yeah, this guy's not trying quite as hard. And I, I think sometimes when the purity, and I know this just from doing this podcast and talking about sports now for seven or eight years, like you can just get worn out. Like you just, you know, I, I can't do it today or it just wears on you. And that's an element of just sports when you, anytime you start doing something, like, for example, we've been playing a lot of golf this summer. It's easy to just go out and play golf and kind of enjoy it, even if you suck or whatever. You talk to pro golfers, I think sometimes, like, I don't even want to play golf. What's well, Kepka's right? deal, in my, right? In my, in my week off. It, because, and you can imagine, we talk about this when we're out just fucking around. Like, imagine if you had to lock in, and I mean completely lock in on every shot, for four straight days when there's millions of dollars and, like, that's the only way you get money. And w- when you do something for money, 
because the older you get, if you're decent at your job, even if it's not pro sports, you're just going to start making more money. It does jade you a little bit. It does change. Like I, I looked at sports a lot different when I was 25 than I do 10 years later when I'm 35. Yeah. A dramatically different guy. And it's just, there's an element of that that sometimes, you know, I, I understand where players get burned out or I saw Sean McVay said like he worries sometimes about burning out as a coach. Shit. He got, he's 33, 34. It's kind of like a child actor. And that's where I think it's been cool just watching the NBA bubble life. It kind of feels like, ah, these guys are just kind of, it's, it's kind of raw and real. Kind of feel, like you said, it feels like an AAU turn. Like these guys are just kind of enjoying life. And that's one thing the NBA has lost touch with, right? It doesn't feel like their guys are having fun and they're all negative. And I think it could be a good moment because I've been on the other end. Like I don't know if it's going to go that well. I think if the players do a good job of being, being open having fun on their own social media accounts, yeah, I, not complaining about shit. It, it actually will give a relatable time for the first time in a while. It's um it's flipped pretty quick. I've I've started to like look forward to seeing some posts from the uh from the bubble because they it's just it's good content. Yeah. So um all right, the we had a piece of uh actually when we were doing the podcast the other day, we had one piece of breaking news, which was Chris Jones got paid and then Miles Garrett got paid this week. $100 million guaranteed the most ever to a defensive player, $50 million guaranteed at signing. The Chris Jones deal was $60 million total, $20 guaranteed at signing. Um, and so it got us thinking about what is Nick Bosa's contract going to look like. So I actually kind of have a prediction. Two years from now, based on what's happened in the last – basically what will have been the last six by the time Bosa's deal is ready to be made. So four years ago, Vaughn Miller got $70 million guaranteed. He had just won the Super Bowl MVP. Two years later, Aaron Donald... Su- Super Bowl MVP. Super Bowl like MVP. That was a pretty... $70 million. Two years yeah. later, Aaron Donald got $87 million guaranteed, so 17 more. And now yep. two years after that, Miles Garrett got $100 million guaranteed, $13 million more. Now the question is, you know, the NFL cap has been going up by about... 10 million a year, right? And Khalil got paid right after Aaron Donald, remember? Like, got three like And he got 90. So we could go yeah. 10. So, you know, maybe the cap doesn't, maybe this year affects if there's not attendance and maybe there's a little less money there, but I think the TV money will be just as big. If Nick Bosa stays on this pace, I think we're looking at a minimum $110 million guaranteed, John. That honestly, that feels low, a little guy. Minimum, right? I on think the, on the pace. On the, you'd say his pace would be defensive player of the year. Yeah, his pace, if he stays on the pace, he'll have more sacks. Miles Garrett has 30 and a half sacks through two through three years. So I think that is the I think this is the baseline is 110. And I think it's probably what do you think? Closer to 115 or 117 or what why well, again the this, cap you, has to keep going up the way it has been, which well, is a so, bit of a someone texts me today that covers the league because they like I saw something you guys said about George Kittle. And it kind of makes sense because, remember, they were sniffing around Austin Hooper. They had talked about Evan Ingram trading for him. Like, just like any good franchise, anything's on the table at all times. And I'm like, yeah, I, I still confident they're going to pay Kittle, but the salary cap might come down a little bit. It could get a little complicated. And he's like, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen because the TV deals are up within a year. He's like, they could double from, like, Bezos or Apple TV. Like, it's – it's going to be pretty easy for them, unlike baseball or basketball, that some of their numbers haven't been that strong. The NFL, 
is coming from an all-time positional leverage. So it wouldn't. He's like, it wouldn't shock me if it just keeps going up as normal, yeah. if not grows faster. Von Miller was drafted two overall and kicked the shit out of everyone for basically five years, and then won the Super Bowl MVP and capped it off and got that money. Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack came into the league, Defensive Player of the Year. You'd say were immediately by their second year, by the end of their second year, like two of the best non-quarterbacks in the league, not arguable. On the Rams were making the playoffs, right, when McVay shows up, and the fucking Mack, the Raiders, who were terrible for 15 years, was not just the best player it felt like they had drafted since, like, Charles Woodson and probably one of the best players they'd ever drafted immediately since, like, the 70 heyday of all the Hall of Famers. Won the Defensive Player of the Year. Took a terrible defense and basically kind of led them to the playoffs. Remember the one game against the Broncos where he won it himself? Had, like, the five sacks? It was like, I've never seen anything like this. So their numbers, like, they had lived In a half, right? Was it, was, it, was it in a half? No? Yeah, uh... Might have been sounds insane when I say it, it out loud. It was out. It might have been like three sacks in the fourth quarter. It was outrageous. I mean, he was picking up the guy, throwing him into Osweiler. I thought Miles Garrett again been good. Now, full disclosure, haven't been watching every Browns game. I mean, they've been pretty terrible. I do think he's underachieved a little, just because I heard Daniel Jeremiah. I was in the car driving to my mom's house yesterday, and he was on like on with Gottlieb, and he said, "I don't think he's the best player." but I think he's easily the most talented defensive lineman in the league. Like, he's taller than Khalil Mack. He's a lot taller than Von Miller, and he can bend like that. He's a freak. And he hasn't really lived up to the hype, but he's been, I would say he's been really good, but he hasn't been great. Where you'd say Von Miller, Aaron Donald, and Khalil Mack were great. So it was just like like a Julio Jones or like a George Kittle. Like, it was like a, can't, no one was arguing it. We'd say Miles Garrett got, you know, that's a lot of respect for a guy that you'd say, you know, Hasn't been the defensive player of the year. Now, no one would argue, can he become the defensive player of the year? Nick Bosa's rookie year was better than Miles Garrett's rookie year. was better than Khalil Mack's rookie year. He was the no-brainer defensive player of the year. You don't, you could argue one of the best defensive players in the league last year. You would, I mean, argue, I you that, would that, argue. That, that yeah. is the argument. Yeah. You could also say he was the 49ers' best player in three playoff games. He was their best player. All, if you just put all three games together. I mean, I talked to the guys on the Chiefs. They're like, it was fucking stupid when we rewatched the tape. Like how he was kicking their ass. They couldn't. And they have Mitchell Swartz, Jeff's brother, who's one of the best right tackles, not the best right tackle in the league. And Eric Fisher, who, you know, he's just a solid tackle. Mitchell just like got good. Yeah, they got good players. So I, I'd say it would be, I don't want to say an underachievement because it's hard to win the defensive player of the year. But I'd say... We're expecting a defensive player of the year type season in one of the next two years. And if he does that, you'd say, well, he's, he'd go, well, I'm way better than Miles Garrett, right? Because he had nine sacks last year, right? Or is it 10? Don't you think he could have like back to back 15 type? He had 10 like he last year. He had 13 and a half the year, his second year at 13 and a half. No, I'm, I'm talking Nick. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, nine. Right. So, so if Nick goes. I think he could have like 30 sacks the next two years. So all of a sudden he's at way more sacks than him and he's good against the run and he's the be- their team's really good. Is it crazy to think like $125 million or something like that? No, I, I don't think it's because, crazy. Because if you look Aaron, Aaron Donald and Khalil from Vaughn, two years removed, right, were almost – Khalil was $20 million more. Yeah. And clearly Aaron Donald, like when you look at the tackles, Buckner, Jones, the market is – 
proving like you're not that. Part like, of this he's depends. The defensive tackle. Like who's getting paid between now and then? I don't think there are that many guys. So, yeah, I, I'd probably put it at like one seventeen. Yeah. Okay. But I, but, gonna but get, I I don't think you're crazy to think if he if he has if he's like defensive player that you're good that we we are talking about one twenty five in two years I don't think it's well, crazy his his defensive player of the year comes year three right like he just has another really good season next year Pro Bowler twelve thirteen sacks you're like well he's clearly one of the Niners best players every team in the league's like Nick Bosa's defense a stud. is really good again they're really good again his third year he becomes like what Khalil did his defensive player of the year like he just all around takes over the league yeah. I'd say he'd be like, well, time to get paid. Now, if he just goes solid, solid, at minimum, he's just getting a little bump from Miles Garrett. I think number, solid, right? solid. And yeah, you know what? I should. You've changed my mind a little from if he just keeps this up. If he keeps the progression up, then it's different. If he just does what he's been, what he did for two more years, and it's just ten sacks, 10, even that is going to be a a one ten contract. Well, that's what I'm saying. The yeah. one thing's already clear after just watching the season, and then even after watching the playoff run. He's really fucking good. Like, it's not like, oh, could just be an anomaly year. It's just one of those outlier years. No, it's just like, yeah, this guy, I was too harsh on him I, for whatever reason. Maybe just because I'm like, no way. The Bosa brothers, he's equally as good, if not better, than his brother. He was. And when you start looking at his lineage, you go, well, his brother's elite. He was a blue chipper, went to Ohio State. He was the lock, like everyone talked about him before Kyler Murray is the lock number one overall pick. He, the Niners got credit, like, they no-brainer took him, and he lives up to the hype. Like, it's this is what it looks like, right? Blue chipper high school, blue chipper Ohio State, brother blue chipper, gets drafted two overall when should have gone one, but there happened to be a quarterback. Even remember Steve Kime was like, listen, trading Josh Rosen to get Kyler Murray when we passed on uh, Nick Bosa was not easy for us to do. So, like, the league thinks he's a blue chipper. Then he dominates. Yeah. Which is w- it's kind of what the progression looks like, right? I, I would, it's, like, it's more like a basketball-type progression. And I would say, too, we probably, as people who watch every snap that he played, should know that summarizing Bosa on a sack number does not capture the story. And maybe well, a Browns they, fan would say the same thing. I don't know. But I, I think we can say with confidence that I think Bosa— they, I, think they, I think they would. And I think the Khalil had a lot— That's of what that most great players for do, a couple years. right? Yeah. That you don't just capture them in the numbers, but— well, because you can be the best player in the league and have 12 or 13 sacks, right? Yeah. You'd be like, well, I get double teamed every single snap. They can't run it to my side. Like, that was Khalil's thing. Yeah, I never, might never have 20 sacks, but, well, you can never run it at me. And if you, for one second, put a tight end on me or have your tackle not be focused, it's over. There, there is something powerful, and you see why the Chiefs, someone DM'd me the other day, like, are the Chiefs the new Rams? Where do they get all this unlimited money? Like, well, that's Mahomes' cap number this year didn't change. Like, so they, they could front-load Chris Jones' deal. That's where Mahomes did them a little bit of a solid. This is where it does help to be on the same page as your guy and it kind of have it be a team effort. Like, Chris Jones gets done because of the way Patrick Mahomes was willing to do a deal. Yeah. Patrick, we're going to need help. What am I getting out of this? $503 million. You know one story I heard when I worked in the NFL? Lewis used to tell me this. Peyton Manning and, and uh, his agent – uh, what's the guy's name? He has all the uh, quarterbacks. Stein? Tom Condon. Oh. Tom Condon. And he's always had the top quarterback. Peyton Manning was by far his best client because he was the best client in the league. And and Bill Polian was notorious when he was negotiating with him. Like, uh, Tom, how am I supposed to sign any other players? And Tom would like just talk back. I don't give a fuck. Pay us our money. Hang up. 
and it would get very contentious. And Peyton was always the highest paid player in the league. But remember some of those Colts teams, like they were pretty top heavy. It wasn't like great balance throughout the team. It was like they had four or five blue chippers and then just randoms. And then the moment Peyton went down, or Bob the, the Sanders, Titanic sank. Yeah, and Bob Sanders gets hurt; they're screwed. They had three or four offensive guys, and listen, Pey- Peyton would probably push back. Well, I was good enough; we were always going to be in the mix and win the Super Bowl, and he's right. And Mahomes could probably have made the same argument. Like, I don't, I don't care about cap hit; just pay me my money, I'll get it done. And he didn't. And I think that they're lucky they had a really mature guy, and they were just on the same page. Where it, sometimes it doesn't. Like, look at D- Dak Prescott; doesn't care. Now I think Dak looks. All my other guys have been paid, but it. I I honestly felt once Mahomes' deal got done that Chris Jones would have to leave, and they were able to keep him. That's where it would get a little complicated in a couple of years. Like depending on how Jimmy goes, would he need a new contract? They have a new guy. They have a younger guy. There's just a lot of unknowns, yeah. a lot of variables. Hard yeah. to play this game, but one thing's pretty clear: like Nick Bosa plays the second most important position in the league. He's already borderline elite. And the money, I mean, he makes huge money now. That's the thing about like Miles Garrett, Vaughn Miller, Nick Bosa, Khalil Mack. When you're a top five pick, you make pretty huge cash, right? It's not like he's, well, it's just Bosa's been playing for 750K for the last three. You got him on a deal. I bet Bosa's contract was like four years, 32 million, and the fifth year option, which would be like 20. Like <laughs> his contracts, remember Clowney was like, yeah, he played five years. Yeah, he made $50 million. 50. So it's like, yeah, I'll wait for the best deal. I don't agree with him, but I, he, he's not, he's not in like Dak's position. Like this is the first time Dak's direct deposits are ever going to look like that. Like, yeah, I've been, I've been making eight figures since I showed up. Has Clowney signed it's, with the team yet? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, John, before we go on, let's tell the people about my bookie, my promo code ham and the numeral one. Uh, that's you can get after it for the NFL coming up for golf right now, where I've been getting after the Premier League, mybookie.ag, promo code HAM, and the numeral one, HAM1. Yep, mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1 right now, and we'll talk about this a little later. I have the odds to win the NFC pulled up. I remember kicking myself last year, Guy, before the season, and I'm like, you know what? I think the Niners can win the division. And I didn't feel great about it, but at the time, I think they were 7 or 8 to 1. And that's clearly way different now. But to win the NFC, and it's hard to win back-to-back conference titles, right, unless you're the Patriots over the last 20 years. It does not – we don't see in the NFC – when's the last time we saw back-to-back the same team in the Super Bowl? Might be Seattle. Uh, it, just, it just – and I, even then, I think that they skip a year. We just – actually – No, they, yeah, they went I – mean, I thought they went back-to-back. They, they did go back-to-back. It just doesn't happen very often. That might be the first time in the last, like, decade and a half. You get the Niners 4-1, to one, uh, obviously gamble on golf. You can gamble live on golf, which if you're going to gamble on the winners, I think it's safer to do that, right? You can get in on, like, Saturday if you feel good about a guy in, like, third or fourth place, and you can get, you know, I don't know, like sometimes you see pretty good numbers, like 10-1 to 1, with a guy that kind of right in the hunt that you feel confident on and you can win pretty good Well, money. when we were playing on Tuesday, I said, I'm, I'm putting – I think I'm putting some money on Bryson to win. And you're like, well, maybe just wait for the li- – wait till the weekend for the live odds. And that's why I, I held off, so good advice. I, I, w- I would recommend – unless, like, the 25-1 to 1 Bryson to win the PGA, like, I, that was pretty good value. Clearly, it's already been cut in half. My recommendation from just listening to golf gamblers and having done it and lost a lot of – it's a risky move. You're betting 1-56. and 56. I like live betting golf. Uh, baseball, the over-unders are out. I think the Giants are one of the lowest in the league. 
the NBA, I mean, that's right around the corner. Betting on series always fun. So, yeah, mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. Get on it. Mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. Uh, they'll match that first deposit 50%. Uh, if you accept the bonus, then you do have to bet the bonus. You can't just cash it out. Uh, so you do have to bet that full bonus amount. But we appreciate you using the promo code either way. Mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. Um, all right, so I got the odds here, John. Niners at four to one, Saints at five to one, Bucks at five to one, Cowboys at seven to one. And again, we're just talking the <laughs> NFC. Uh, didn't the cow didn't the Cowboys lose a game to Philly like week sixteen with uh, the Eagles playing with Haberman, Middlecoff, three guys off the street, and some other random and a, guy. And a McNown brother. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, that's. We always heard in the Bay Area, like, you know, the Raiders, Vegas, people would always tell us, people love the Raiders in Vegas, they were, even when they were terrible. Wouldn't you say the Cowboys are that on steroids? Because this is kind of nuts. It's crazy. I mean, uh, Eagles at 10-1, to 1, Seahawks at 10-1, to 1, Packers. Again, we don't love the Packers. They went 13-3. and 3. We didn't think they were as good as their record, but... Pretty good value. It's pretty good value. <laughs> Vikings at 12-1. to 1. Who do you like more right now, the Vikings or the Cowboys? Rams at 18, say, Cardinals at 25, uh, to me, I, Bears here's at 20. The thing I, I don't even hate the Cowboys. I just think, at minimum, they should have the same odds as the Eagles, right? If anything, those two teams would be a coin flip because when they play each other, it's a coin flip. They're always going to have around the same record. I'd say the other team that feels really overvalued, like I was talking to a buddy in the league yesterday when I was on a drive, and I asked him, who do you think the best teams are in the league? You know, Because I was basically saying no team probably wants the season to happen more than the Chiefs. Because they got to feel like, one, we just bring everyone back. Right. We, we're the best. If our quarterback's healthy, we are the best team in the league. And the AFC, you know, we feel pretty good about winning the AFC. The, our hard game is just going to be the Niners, the Saints. I'm like, who do you think the best teams are? He's like, the Chiefs, Niners, and Saints. I was like, yeah, I don't really put another team. I'd say the Ravens get put in that, but you go, that's Lamar Jackson. When you look at the NFC, we talk, the depth of the NFC is fantastic. Like, the NFC West is going to be really good. Like just ta- there's a lot of talent in there. Yeah, that doesn't mean there's going to be like four, ten, three. No, ten there's just but there's the a lot of three or four seeds. Yeah, it, it doesn't it feel like there's a lot of teams that could easily win eight games in the NFC. And when you have a lot of eight win teams, that makes the like you don't have many Jaguars. Well, let's you don't look have at it many the other way. Shitty teams. Who would you say you feel really good can't win eight games? Like they are not winning eight. Detroit. I would say the Carolina Panthers. Brand new coach from college, Teddy Bridgewater, bad roster. Okay, well, they're the only ones in that division you'd say that about. Well, guy, I actually, do you want to hear an underrated pick? Maybe not to win the NFC, but they could win the division. I think they were 7-1 to one would be the Falcons. I mean, we watched the Falcons play the Niners. Now, we just talked about this on the last podcast. Grain of salt, records. I don't know if the Niners took them that seriously. But you watch them. You're like, well, they got Julio. They got Calvin Ridley. They got some players, right? Finished 4-1 and one last year. I mean, they were a disaster. They were 7-9. to nine. I think the Saints got better. They got Emmanuel Sanders. They still have Kamara. They obviously bring Breeze back. They're on entire offensive line. They still got Michael Thomas. Their offense should just be fantastic. Defensively, basically all the same young guys. They've had the same core for a while. To me, you could argue the Niners, they do have a couple question marks, guy. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders was their second-best wide receiver. He's gone, and they're replacing him with a rookie who's just not like, well, they got the C.D. Lamb. Like, this guy was a one-year wonder, who we like, but there are some question marks. One of their most consistent players, you could argue, their most consistent player, DeForest Buckner, is replaced by a rookie. 
who is also a junior college transfer, who's a talented player, but that's they're just asking a lot of two rookies in two positions that they got a lot out of to like the Niners are a lock to me to be good. But part of the reason they're thirteen and three, and at one point in time they were like eleven and one, was they just you knew every game what you were getting at of like ninety percent of the positions. Like yeah. it really would be like, well, their one question mark, left corner. <laughs> Most teams like, yeah, their right guard sucks, your left corner sucks. If their tight end goes down, they're fucked. You know, they got one good running back. It was like this position's loaded, this position's loaded, D line for days. They got some they just have some question marks with talent. I mean, like, I'm not saying Ayuk and Kinlaw aren't talented, but we've seen sometimes rookies just don't hit the ground running, especially this year. Yeah, I mean, you're asking, and you're not just saying hit the ground. You're saying replace one of the best defensive players in the league. And, I mean, a guy that was the best receiver on the Niners when he was on the Niners, right? Guy, they they – they were 13 and 3, went to the Super Bowl and had an elite team and those two guys were impact players. So it's just their standard is not like, well, I just need these guys to be solid. Like they're trying to go to the Super Bowl. You know the Bears were 4th in the NFL in points per game on defense last year. I talked to my buddy on the Bears and I was like, got a like, quarterback you know I've heard of Johnny's won some things before. You know what's crazy about the Bears? They went 8 and 8 and really 7 and they had they were 7 and 8 in the last game they played, I think either the Lions or the Vikings, whoever, they weren't playing. Like they, I think it was the Vikings. And the Vikings, Cousins, all their starters didn't play. So it was a meaningless win. I went, you went, you were 7-8, and eight, and you had arguably the worst quarterback in the league. If you just had a middle of the road, like just Kirk Cousins, are you a 10-win team? Because your defense is fantastic. Now, it wasn't like historic like the year before, but their big issue was Mitchell. Yeah. So if, if Mitchell's either better or Foles just plays, I think them, like the Falcons, I think one of those two teams could make a little noise. I mean, and that's I also would be shocked if they didn't. 20-1, to 1, though, the Bears. 22-1 to 1 to the Falcons to win the, to win the uh, NFC. I mean, the Eagles at 10-1, to 1, they just I just know they have a quarterback that's capable of being the MVP in the NFL. Added Darius Slay, drafted a slot, you know, a fast wide receiver. Deshaun just has to go to Auschwitz, and then he's cool. Uh, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> what if I would have told you, I'm still waiting for him to get bar mitzvah. I still think that's yeah, coming. Deshaun got in a little hot water over an anti-Semitic post rebounded relatively quickly, did a huge, uh, group of phone calls w- with a bunch of, uh, older Jewish people. I think one had been at Auschwitz Holocaust survivor, committed. 102 years old. Yeah. He had committed to go visit the camp. Yeah. I, if I would have told if you, you that just told scenario, me that story three weeks ago, and that, forget about six months ago. If you just said, I know crazy shit's happening, but here's one for you. You buy this. I'd be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and you didn't tell me how we ended up there. You just like, <laughs> it's like, this is the result. Build the road backwards. I'd have no idea what you're talking about. Nobody would. Also on a team that, you know, just couldn't have any more. You know, Jewish star power in their front office I know. slash ownership. <laughs> you know? I think when you think like Jewish people in the NFL, the first team you think of is the Eagles. When I was there, they had Joe Banner as well. Yeah, Jeffrey well, Lewis Joe, Joe Banner was the first person tweeting about this. He was he was the first he guy was not on the happy. story. Yeah. Um, all right, John, the deadline to reach a contract agreement with players that were franchise tagged came and went, and Dak Prescott's brother says he never really liked the Cowboys that much anyway. 
He tweeted, this is why I didn't root for him growing up or something like that. I couldn't even follow. Is his name Fred? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But he's ready for Dak to be on another team, which will happen in just about never, probably. Um, yeah, man. So the question is, and you've been saying this a lot, like they just don't love him that much. They don't love him. I started thinking, who likes their quarterback more, the Niners or the Cowboys? And I think that one's a no-brainer. The 49ers. Now, the Niners are also paying them. Jimmy's guarantee is less than Chris Jones's guarantee. So you tweet that. I think sometimes we forget that. I have to tell some people sometimes. I was texting with someone yesterday. I'm like, yeah, I'd rather have Jimmy than Dak. He's like, would you? I'm like, one, I just think Jimmy's better. But two, Jimmy costs like $22 million. Dak wants 35 and way more guaranteed. And Jimmy's on a year-to-year contract. I, I don't think people quite understand when you factor in the cash – is Jimmy like a top five con- non-rookie contracts? I'm talking second, second contract. Yeah. You, you could argue like a top five contract in the league for a team that's good and a guy that produces, right? You, yeah. Yeah, he's year to year and he's cheap. But he's good. He's better and than he's people. Good. We yeah. think he's better than people. Uh, who likes their quarterback more, the Cowboys or the Vikings? Well, can I, can I give you a quick stat? And this tells you everything you need to know. In the history of franchise tags, do you know how many quarterbacks have been franchise tagged? One. Dak was the third. Hold on. Dak hold was on. the third. So Kirk. Yep. The other one's kind of an outlier one. It'd be hard to think of. It's an older player, still in the league, star. Different team at the time. They had just drafted the guy who actually just left the team back in the day because the guy got hurt, and then he had a career year, and they didn't want to let him walk for free. Brady? Close. Breeze. So Breeze gets hurt. No, excuse me. There's, they must have had a bad season. They draft Philip Rivers in 2004. Oh. Drew Brees has a fan. Drew Brees has a fantastic season. They don't want to let him walk, so they franchise him. One. And then I think he gets hurt in that season That's during his nugget. franchise year. Rivers comes in. They never come back. Now, but I do think that this, shows you. And I guess he wouldn't have played. A, okay, yeah. So this isn't even played on the tag. Just got tagged. He played on the tag. Are you Drew saying Brees players did. that quarterbacks that played on the tag or quarterbacks that got tagged? Both. Okay. Played wow. on the tag, got tagged. Yeah. And Drew Brees, I think, obviously got that shoulder injury while he was playing on the tag. That's why he hit free agency. It was a weird time. They already had the incumbent, so it was easy for them to let him walk. Weird situation. People kind of forget that Drew Brees, Philip Rivers played together. I feel like, like when we say luck, Manning, we all know, yeah, one left, the other one showed up. Those guys crossed over. What a fucking weird time. That yeah. would never happen today. But... I, here's the problem with Dak. I, I just think that stat shows you. If I like you in the NFL and you play quarterback, you always get extended. Jimmy Garoppolo played five fucking games for the Niners, and they didn't franchise him. Because that was kind of controversial, right? People are like, why don't you just franchise him, let him play it out? They just You always franchise, or you always pay him if you can. And this one, to me, like part of the reason Kirk Cousins kept getting franchised was I felt like, yeah, I don't think I'd pay him either. I do think there's some element of that with Dak Prescott. Like, I like Dak Prescott more than Kirk Cousins, but I, I'm not not defending the Cowboys. Or, I mean, not like... I, I see some people, the Cowboys screwed up. They should have got it done. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I actually don't think it's that crazy. I, I think it's very, very understandable. Because a lot of times, well, like, for example, other position players, like Chris Jones, let's say they wouldn't have been able to get a deal done. It is complicated with... Defensive tackles and linebackers and wide receivers sometimes, right? Because they're asking for astronomical amounts of money, and you go, and you just think to yourself, can I win without this guy? 
And it's an easy conversation to have because you'd say, well, a lot of times you can come to the answer yes, right? Like, well, should we just trade this guy for a one and get some cap space? With a quarterback, can I win without this guy? The answer is pretty simply and consistently, well, no. how do we find another guy? Like, what, what do we do, right? We No, we finally got a good quarterback. The Cowboys, they've had one good quarterback since Troy Aikman retired. It was Tony Romo, which they kind of lucked into. And you could argue they lucked into Dak. They drafted him in the fourth round. And remember, he only start, began starting because Romo's back broke, and then Kellen Moore, he broke his ankle or broke his wrist. or He was third on the depth chart. And then all of a sudden, Dak became the starter and had the great season. But when you look at his last two years, like, he's solid. But I, when I see, like, like, for example, last year, 30 touchdowns, 11 picks, is it fair to say touchdowns are a little inflated in 2020? Like, 30 to me used to pop. Like, yeah, I mean, it's 30 30, but I don't. Well, you know who led the league in passing yards last year? Wasn't it Matty Ice? No, you know. I mean, you know it was Jameis. Oh, sorry. Jay, oh, yeah, I asked yeah, it like yeah. it was a true question. It wasn't. But I think I think I think Matty Ice was up top. He was too. fifth. You yeah. know who was second? Uh, Dak. Yeah. He was third. Goff. Yeah, it's gonna be well. See that? See, wouldn't you say that immediately? Well, a lot of those teams, like Cowboys, were down a lot. Yeah, the that's Rams what I'm were down a lot. Fourth, Philip. Yeah, down a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like, does that sad even mean much to you? No, that's what Passing I'm saying. I. Now, Jameis was thirty-three and thirty. Dak was Dak was thirty and eleven. No, but, but I don't think anyone's just no one. No. The difference between like you'd go, yeah, I don't know if you can win with Jameis. People think I, I think the There's overwhelming a consistent theme with Dak is he's a really solid quarterback. Here's his problem though. Goff got the huge deal. This this podcast, Jared Goff fans like the guy, pro Jared Goff. When I see you get $110 million guaranteed, and it's like in the Russell Wilson-type realm, Aaron Rodgers-type realm, even Matt Ryan-type realm, I go, you know, that's pretty strong. And then you see, like, it already limits their ability to do stuff. And I think you see you see the same numbers with Dak. You go, ugh, I don't know if I'd do that. I think he's actually been hurt by a couple of the recent contracts that, like, no one... Did you see anyone complain about Patrick Mahomes' contract? Like, oh, yeah, I would have done it. Right? I don't think I saw one negative word because when you're a great player, they're like when Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald got paid, you're like, yeah, I would have done that. When you, when you're kind of above average and you want great money, that's where I think a lot of people go, this is crazy. And yeah. that's where I stand guy. I, I, I could say what you want about Kirk cousins, his contract. Now it's two years old. It was $27 million a year. Right, and the argument with Dak is, well, you pay him thirty-five. That number looks like twenty-seven in two years. I, I just, I go, I wouldn't want to pay Kirk Cousins that much money. I wouldn't want to pay Dak Prescott that much money. Like, I don't like doing those deals. I, I think part of part of the evaluation is always, and this is where you go back to Patrick Mahomes. It's it's almost not fair to use him as an example because he's such an outlier. Of he just he makes I, to say he makes everybody better is an understatement. It's like talking about LeBron or Tiger he Woods. Like he's just on a different entire, level. He just yeah. changes everything. So to say, if you're not the guy that changes everything, that you're not worth the money, it's a little unfair because there's not even that many guys. But it's it is true, right? As everyone starts making more money, everyone starts making more money, and the separation between the highest paid guys, especially in the NFL, and whoever is next in terms of salaries, not that big, even though the gap between them as players is massive. Yeah, it's not like the second tier makes 75 guarantee and the top tier makes 120, right? Yeah, it's 100 and then it'll be like 87. 
Yeah. Or whatever. Close. I mean, we're using round numbers, but so that's the tough part is like, we think Dak can be, re- that's why the Jimmy contract, we from day one said, look, regardless of what you think of him, this is a good contract for a starting quarterback. And we think he's going to be pretty good, but he doesn't have to be great. He doesn't even have to be great for this contract. Like Jimmy doesn't have to be at the time. It was clear to make his contract good. He didn't have to be an MVP. If he was just like I said on Twitter, if he's just a pro bowl reserve, he's got a pretty good, like that's a solid contract. If he's just the second or third quarterback out of your conference, going to the pro bowl, you're going to feel really good about that contract. If you're his team, really good about it. You don't, some of these contracts will require like Dak's contract. It'll turn into one of these, like, well, you do kind of have to carry your team a little bit if you're making that money, right? Kirk, Kirk's team's pretty good, but why weren't they great? They were pretty good because of him, but they also weren't great because of him. Well, what 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 they have to do this year? They started cutting guys. Like eventually, the the bill, comes including through. a guy that makes Kirk better. Yeah, we traded him away, and part of it, like he wants a raise, and you go, well, the money doesn't fit. And I, I think you see it with Dak because you go, God, the Cowboys are pretty stacked. What are the chances they'll be able to keep all these guys next year if Dak starts making 35 a year, right? They would have to get rid of a lot of the guys. And you can go, well, it's easier to replace a, a highly paid right tackle than it is your quarterback. And I'd say yes when you talk about top guys. I just don't view him as a top guy. Like if, if Jimmy Garoppolo, let's say was a free agent this year, I would not feel comfortable giving him $35 million a year. I would say I would have franchised right. him. Like, if that season just happened and Jimmy had been a free agent, and I like Jimmy more than Dak, I would have been like, I can't give him Jerry Goff money. And I like the guy, but I, I'd have to franchise him. And I think the Niners might, right? Would you have been shocked if the Niners had given him $115 million guaranteed? Even after last year, which was pretty solid? I mean, It's a complicated situation because you won. That's the difference. Like, if Dak had won, even though it's a team sport... I, I, it, it's hard for that's me. That's kind of how the Rams mind. ended up in their position, though. I, I know that's where I, I think the Niners might franchise them, especially with you know they, they like them, they love them. I think whenever you don't love a, a love a player, this would be my philosophy in pro sports because at least in business, most contracts like when you hire an employee, I mean you can fire them at any moment. That's a hard part about guaranteeing a lot of money in any contract, and you could argue like business acquisitions are like this. You're kind of in bed with this person for a while. So if you're going to pay a guy a premium that you like and don't love, I would always, like my philosophy if I was a general manager and maybe you get burned, I I would never pay a guy top money that I wasn't just head over heels in love with. Because I I do think then you're always like second guessing yourself. And I get there's ownership pressure and there is this pressure, right, if you just, let's say you let Dak walk after this year and he goes to the Bears or he goes to some other team and then looks good and you don't have a quarterback, you do look bad. Like, you had the guy and he was solid for you. Like, do the, now, this is a bad example because they're the Redskins, but, like, do they feel that bad about Kirk Cousins? Probably not, right? But About, like, do they miss, you're saying, do they, they miss him? Do they wish, yeah. no. But he's way better. Than yeah, I mean, it's like, well, would years. you guys hate being the ch- having a chance to win eight games? Because right now you're terrible. Yeah. So I. And by the time this pot is, is out, I, that, yeah. it, it, it is. Uh, I, look, I, I think the worst spot to be in, the worst spot to be in, guy, is having a quarterback that's somewhere between the ten and fifteen range. So they're clearly not a scrub, but no one says like they're the first team you want to play in Madden with, right? It's like most people want to play Rodgers, Brady, like the sweet guys. 
but you can win with them, like a Jimmy, like a Dak, like a Jared Goff. When they become eligible for these huge, it is. It's not an easy decision. No, like I, I can't crush you if you go either. Well, way. I'll give you. I'll give you an analogy, and because you would say the smartest thing the Redskins did was probably played out the way they played it out. Of, yeah, the of only all thing the dumb they shit they've done, they didn't use all this time they had to find the next guy and be ready to roll with the next guy. So they, yeah, but the the philosophy might have been right. They didn't yeah. execute it properly, though. No surprise. You know, like they should have been okay. If we're just going to tag this guy for a couple of years, then let's be ready to replace him with somebody a lot cheaper. And they well, let's draft a guy in the second round. You know, uh, the analogy I would give you is a few years ago, uh, I came to a philosophy when it comes to buying clothes that has served me really well. Did a, a massive closet clean, extra tight, Ex- super tight. Did a massive closet clean, and. When you're throwing stuff out, it's like, this is cool, but okay, when do I, I don't wear this. Why don't I wear it? Well, it doesn't quite fit right. It's a little tight. It's a little long. It's a little loose. Get rid of it. Even if it's cool, even if it was a good deal, you only replace it with stuff you love. So I've ordered a few things like, oh, it's on sale. It's pretty cool. If it doesn't fit me right, if it doesn't fit me right, then I won't wear it. And so it's got to go. It's as simple as that. If you don't love it, it doesn't matter that it's normally 50 bucks and you got it for 25. If you don't love it, it doesn't matter that they were going fast and you got the last one. If you don't love it, you won't wear it. And if you don't wear it, then it doesn't matter that you got it for 25 bucks. That's $25 you wasted. Spend $50 on something you'll wear and it's $50 well spent. Because what's the reality? Anyone listening to this knows this. How many shirts do you wear? How many hoodies do you wear? How many pairs of pants do you wear? I'm guessing in any of those categories, no more than five. It is it is nuts how often you don't wear shit. Don't wear it. It is wild. So and nothing nothing guy is wasted on. Oh, I can get this eighty dollar polo for thirty five, even though I don't really like the colors, but it's so cheap. And then you never wear it once. I would and say you don't feel more good money in is it wasted if you don't on the sales. Feel good in it when you put. I this happened recently with this hoodie. It was on sale. And it was really cool. I was like, this, I have not seen another one like this. But I put it on, I'm just like, that's not quite right. And you just think about it for, and he's like, no, it's, I have a hard and fast rule. The more you, it just got to go back. It's just, and, you wanna, and if, you, you want, if you don't think about it, then you don't stress. You don't spend any time thinking about what do I, you got less shit in your closet. And it's just, it makes your life easier. And in the long run, you save money. You stop piling up. I got these three shirts. They're all, they're all a deal. But like, what am I, I? That's seventy-five dollars or a hundred bucks of shirts that I don't wear. That's a waste. You know what my philosophy is, guy? What? I, I've learned this. Colors. I don't fuck around with too many colors. Mm. I do very straight. Like I used to get collared shirts, multiple colors, sectioned off. It doesn't look good on me. What do you mean by sectioned it, off? Like different well, patterns? Well, just like you, you know, the t- yeah, different patterns. Maybe it's like a darker blue to a lighter blue, or definitely stripes. I just mm. like. Just get like a tan shirt, get yep. just a red shirt, get a brown shirt, get a blue shirt. They're easier to match with different clothes. But again, like your philosophy, if you find yourself in like Dick's Sporting Goods and you're in the golf section, you're like, God, they're selling these sweet nights. Exactly. It should be $100 and they're only $40. It's just such a deal. And then you buy three of them that add up to 120 bucks. You never wear the shirt one time. It's like, this was so stupid. Now, the problem good, is... Good. It's a good analogy until we say, okay, but you can always just return. There's always another. You can. The marketplace is massive, right? The quarterback yeah. marketplace. It's just 
you back yourself uh, but, into a but corner. But see, that's really part fast. of my pushback on the quarterback market. You would just play. say, you don't love him. It doesn't matter what the marketplace is. Like clothes. Find another guy. And you, I think you'd use this for clothes. Has there ever been more brands now available with the internet? Ever? Ever? Because I'd say no, right? Collar shirts. Free returns. T-shirts. Free returns. Shorts. Shoes. Fucking everything possible is out there. Yeah. I think there's never been an easier time than finding a quarterback. Like when we were in, like say, like high school or junior high, like in the mid-90s, late-90s. Having a quarterback was a really special thing. I even say the next decade. I think over the last like decade, it's easier than it's ever been to just find a functional like Andy Dalton, Kirk Cousins. I don't think maybe I'd have to do a deep dive study on this, but I'm not talking about like there's only so many Rodgers and Russell Wilsons in every decade and every group. But it feels like from the like the bottom like seven or eight, even like how many Jared Goffs cut. Think of the league right now. Kyler Murray, Deshaun. I mean, just the Cowboys guys have Andy Dalton. Guy, they have multiple quarterbacks. They they found their quarterback in the fourth round, who played in a spread offense in college, and who's transitioned immediately. The quarterback he replaced was an undrafted free agent. I actually think it started getting now. Romo was that was probably right as it started to change a little bit, just because maybe even he was ahead of his time. But I definitely think the last five or six years, like, that's why it is so bizarre when you see a guy like Josh Rosen just can't play. It's like, God, something must be off. Or Hackenberg was clearly just terrible. Like, most guys, like, yeah, Nick Mullins probably going to have a nine-year career, right? You know, this guy's just going to play for a while. It's just, and then if you're just an average, like an average, average is strong. Because Jared Goff was the number one overall pick. But he's going to have a 15-year NFL career, won't he? Matt Ryan's going to play for 20 years in the NFL. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play forever. I mean, obviously, if he doesn't get hurt. Like, you just can be really solid. It was harder to be really solid for a while. One, you got hurt a lot because they were, I don't know, snapping your neck in the backfield, you know? And I I just think the offenses have just become a little more collegiate, which clearly, historically, the collegiate offenses have just been easier for just average guys. Like, I guess guess what I'm saying is more, you know, how mummy Mike Leach – it was just like, well, you make them. And now a lot of these guys can just function in the league. And these, wasn't Andy Dalton? I mean, they ran a spread offense at TCU. You just Because it was before. like it, it was a huge transition because the offenses were completely different. It was always why when we were at Fresno State, Pack got a lot of credit. Like He was one of the old school guys in a smaller program that ran a pro-style offense. His guys transitioned. I, I would imagine in a scouting room, how often does that even come up? Like, what's, does Saban run a pro-style offense anymore? No, he just runs a mesh of a smorgasbord. I mean, it probably shit. comes up with blocking, like offensive line blocking schemes, right? Wide receivers forced to block and some, like, nuanced stuff. But just, like, I remember when Andy told me, I was like, did you find it harder to uh, evaluate Mahomes? He said, no, it was way easier. I just went to my my program He's like, the one thing I siphoned out were all the quick screens. I don't need that. I know the guy can throw a quick screen. And just every throw. But he's like, 20 years ago, Donovan McNabb might have had 18 throws in the game. This kid, at minimum, is having 40. So even if I siphon out the four or five quick screens, I'm still getting 35 reps for eight straight games that I can evaluate. Mm. Or, hell, I, okay, am I lowballing him? I mean, that number might be 45, 50, yeah. right? It's huge. Yeah. And I, I, I do think that's where quarterback – like, ultimately – I'm not going to – when I evaluate you, I'm not watching you hand off. I'm just watching you throw. And I, I just feel like 
Have you seen DJ talk about this guy at North Dakota State? He acts like he's more talented than Carson Wentz. Yeah, what's his the, name? Uh, like Brick uh, Brick Tamlin yeah. or uh, <laughs> yeah. he had he's like got a, uh, no, it's like it's like uh, Blaze, yeah. like Billy Cash, or just, yeah. it just sounded like it would be in a movie. You know, uh, you know what's too bad about Johnny is, Utah? They were Trey Lance. Trey Lance, yeah, it's a it's a good quarterback name. Um, but how often we just like. Yeah, the guy might be the number one pick from North Dakota State. You'd be like, that's insane. That's got to be a historic moment. No, actually, they had the number two pick like three years ago. It's like, is that guy any good? Yeah, he's got a max contract. You know, the, pretty good. the shitty part about that is, you know who North Dakota State was supposed to play week one? Oregon, right? Yeah. Did you see that Portland State wants their money back? Or not their money back. They want the money for, for the games. Cancel. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> I, You know... At first, I laughed, and then I realized, like, hey, if I was in their shoes, you might as well fight for Give it. Give it a shot. Penny you can get. Yeah, <laughs> and at best, what they'll get is we'll promise to play you guys in five years or something, you know, so yeah. bank on I, that. I think the one problem for them wanting that money is, like, you're not getting screwed on this one, right? It was their hands forced. These teams, in a perfect world, yeah. they would play all their games. Yep. They don't – no no programs like, let's cut football games, play nine instead of 12. Like, that's not the desired outcome here. The problem for Portland State, UC Davis, Cal Poly, I think sometimes those two payments of like eight hundred thousand a pop help finance their seasons, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or a million like that, that, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, the softball coach's contract. It, it no pays doubt. No doubt about it. I and I do think it'll be. I think we'll see here the what I think the conferences are going to try. The conferences playing conference only games are going to try and do is I don't like. I think they're going to try and play at least schedule. Remember how the NFL schedule is. Like, they can just take off the first week and take off the second week and take off the third and the fourth. They don't have to rearrange anything because the way they scheduled, like, divisional, like, I think, you know, like the NFC West just plays the AFC East. You're saying their Corona setup for their – Yeah, they can just – I think what – so I think the reason that we we saw these teams go conference only, it's not because of testing policy. It's because it's so much easier just to be flexible with your scheduling. So I think they're going to announce, like, 11 or 10-game schedules, even if they only end up playing nine. They're going to try and play like 10 or 11 conference games. And each of the Power 5 conferences we talked about before are all in their individual conferences, are all in it together, correct? Like the NFL as a whole is all in it together. The SEC, once you start splitting up, it's easier to let the SEC do their thing, let the Big 12 do their thing. Let the Where it would get complicated is if they are able to actually play out the season – how you pick a playoff? Who makes the who makes the playoffs? Well, it, there was an article twenty four seven sports twenty four seven sports beginning of the week that there is some talk about could you temp could you temporarily expand the playoff this year if you get just into go that every situation. every Power Five conference champion gets in or make it eight teams and then three at large, yeah, something like that. Not against that at all. I'm middle cop in. Yeah, no doubt. Guy, if we get if we get to a playoff, I'll throw you a fucking birthday party. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I would be so that that is the best news possible if we're at a play if we're talking playoffs in December for college football. I know, warms my heart just thinking about it. John, let's tell the people about LinkedIn.com/slash/ham. Go to LinkedIn.com/slash/ham. LinkedIn.com/slash/ham. We appreciate that. Small businesses have unique needs, and despite the current uncertainty, one thing that remains unchanged: the importance of having the right people on your team. When your business is ready to make that hire, LinkedIn Jobs can help by matching your role with qualified candidates so that you find the right person. Yep, LinkedIn Jobs screens 
uh, for the the hard and soft skills, the people you are looking for. They can help you find the frontline workers from its active community of 675 million, 675 million users. That's a lot of job candidates. Last time I checked, guy, that's a lot of people. So you can find the right person to fill your critical roles. It's hard. We know hiring is is not easy. Uh, you know, when I found Haberman, it just I, I got lucky. You know, so just keep on keep use LinkedIn.com. I just kept applying. Find whoever you're looking for. Yeah, you just kept applying on LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedInJobs.com slash ham. 50 bucks off that first job post. $50 off the first job post. LinkedIn.com slash ham. Terms and conditions apply. Do we, uh, as of the recording of this podcast Thursday afternoon, do we have uh, a wash? I've, there are some wild Washington rumors flying around the internet, John. Uh, the story has not been posted according to my Twitter following. So I this is I was it Sunday night that I texted you that I saw some of the local DC people tweeting like big story breaking tomorrow. It was either Sunday or Monday night, and obviously it didn't. I break. think you, I think you tipped me off to it. I didn't even know it was going down. You saw that, and then I've seen a lot more. And of it was Sunday it, night that they all started tweeting too. Like I didn't, I wasn't seeing old tweets Sunday night. I was seeing their tweets yeah. at like you know it would have been eleven o'clock Eastern or something like that. People started teasing. Yes. Basically the story. Yes. And so we have... Which which is not normal, right? It's not normal. Now, I don't... Now, correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe I have not followed all the teasing that closely. It doesn't feel to me like the teasing has been done by what I, what I personally would qualify as like the real journalists, with all due respect. Yeah, it's not Washington Post teasing it. It's people... And this feels to me like I used to see this... A lot smaller market. Now, this is not a small market, but smaller market like, you know, you're a lot of times the people who are and I'm doing air quotes reporters, but not hard and fast journalists on everything they do. They know stuff, but they just kind of float stuff out there and it's not a report, but you'll get a lot of this, which is, oh, hearing something big's coming. Stay tuned. I do feel like you get a lot of that from like the TV the non definitely print, get the non-print journalists. I would just put everybody else in that category. You gave me the the example that like at Fresno State, you know, programs like that, the TV people. I, I do think you see it a lot, a lot, and it just hit me hearing you talk in college athletics with coaches hiring and firing. That's right. Good, yep, you're right. You you get a lot of rumors are uh, athletic. Board meeting with boosters. They are prepared to pay the $20 million buyout. And then the AD comes out the next day. That's not true. They have no money and the guy stays or vice versa. It's just, it becomes like high school gossip. And I feel a little bit, you're much more to me of like, a, I mean, you went to, you know, journalist school. You're a play-by-play broadcaster. I, you're not a journalist, but there are rules that you were taught in school. And right. definitely print guys are very, like working with Tim Kawakami, like, he takes that shit very, very seriously, yeah. right? And I, and I think if you're reporting on this story, if you work for the Washington Post, I mean, a story, a, a publication that has broken historic political stories over the years, you know, way back in the day, it, usually the story drops and then the story becomes a story, right? And sometimes I guess it can get out is when you go a day before to the entity, whether it be you know, a president, a PR person, a team, and go, listen, any comment on this? We're running the story tomorrow. Would you guys like a chance to say your piece? 
and maybe that could get out when that team says, hey, we got something coming out and tries to do some damage control. Mm. That doesn't quite feel what this Mm-mm. feels like. Uh, I, I have a problem, and I, I tweeted this earlier. I'm not a journalist, and I don't really care about the rules, though I do respect them. This one feels fucking embarrassing. And, like, it feels like high school girls on the quad and guys. I mean, we're just talkative. Talking about, like, this has been three or four days running. Like, either post a story or stop talking about it. And then you push back and said, well, it's not not the people writing the story saying what's coming and teasing it. But it just, it, to me, it gets back to just how much this guy's hated and how many people are out to get him. I, I think if this was a guy that people liked, I don't think it'd be as kind of polarizing. as like, It kind of feels a little Trumpian with the NFL. They're just coming after this cat, right? They, they want, like, this wouldn't well, happen feels- to John Mara. Yeah, it, well, it feels like, right, and I only say it feels this way because I'm seeing people write this, is like yeah, there are a just... lot of minority owners of the team that hate him, and maybe that's why you've got so many different people getting a sniff of this, is that you've got multiple people who know, the minority owners, um, who have, maybe they're the ones that have pushed the story to begin with. Like, it's been suggested that the minority ownership group wants Dan out, or the minority owners in the ownership group, are sick and tired of them. And so they've basically helped put together this this expose on him or whatever it is. I don't even quite know yet. And maybe that's why you get a lot of the chatter. But I do think Some of the rumors I've read, like drugs, cheerleaders on the road, sex stuff, you know, yeah. like just it's got a chance to just be one of those salacious stories. Yep. You know, and which I which don't get me wrong, I love fucking reading. I, I, I just think there is story, but I like it just to break and then me to read it. Yeah, no, I know. I, I don't I think Seth Wickersham doesn't ever like I got a doozy coming. But, but on I the think craft. most journal and I do I, I think the rules of journalism really matter because it's all that stands in between journalism and Twitter. And I, I was listening to Bill Simmons the other day. Did you hear him with he had shams on? And Bill was saying he thought the first time reporters just started tweeting, I'm hearing stuff, was the decision, where it became less about truly, like, do you have two sources? Or can you really put this out there? Is this accurate? And just a lot of people, it became this race. And the more people that are racing, the more everyone, you know, it's like one of those deals where someone runs by you, and you don't even know why they're running, but then you start running, and then three other people see you two running, and then they start running. That's what to me, th- th- to me, To me, this is where Twitter comes through. Without Twitter, it, you know, LeBron, when he made a decision of our lifetime, it's one of the biggest sports moments ever. But if that happened in 96, those guys would have still been hearing things. They just wouldn't have had anywhere to write that because the paper wouldn't have let them write That's it. That's right. And, right? The, and the TV anchors would not have been allowed to go on TV and say, there's something coming here soon. And so I'm just saying, I the people who, the, the journalists who treat Twitter the way they treat journalism, they are the I, to me, they are they are a small group. Those are not the people doing the hearing something big's coming tomorrow. Those are the people I don't expect journalism from anyway, by and large. But, he, but even a lot of journalists, like Stephen A. Smith, Skip ba- those guys started as journalists, right? They just You just kind of abandon it as the yeah, career Yeah, once you start doing five changes. hours of opinion TV, it's whatever. But I still think you probably get the rules to some degree, but the rules have changed for most of us. And people I love say, Gary Woodland, by the way. I want to give Gary Woodland a hug. <laughs> Back-to-back birdies? People say to us, like, you you guys are journalists, and we, we're we not journalists. I don't pretend to be a journalist. That would be disrespectful to the people who only say things that they know are absolute fact, and it's not about constantly giving opinions. But that's where the games had to change a little because opinions pay the bills, right? Um, so it, it has evolved a little. But my point is I, 
I do think kind of what we're seeing does happen on smaller scales a lot. And in this might also be an example of the number of people involved. Uh, well, I would imagine the NFL has to get involved once rumors get out. And I'm sure that the team know, knows they want to try to corral this, right? They don't want a story coming out that cheerleaders were forced to sexual acts or Jay Gruden was blowing lines. Who knows? I mean, again, this is for me to even assume these things are just headlines I've seen on Twitter. I know. I've seen some pretty, like, I don't even want to repeat them. Even though I'm not a journalist, I'm like, there is this, there are some good, just go find them. There's some, some well, crazy guy. Ones. When you see just like Jay Gruden drug use, like it's pretty strong to just throw out. Like, yeah, but it's getting thrown out use. on Reddit. I, I know, which is right. Me, a lot. <laughs> but it feels like it's like not that far away from being part of it. But yeah, drug we'll use find out. Is he taking Adderall or is he doing? I think the Niners employ the offensive line coach, uh, the dude from the Dolphins. Like, is he do- snorting cocaine, right? And to me, and it, this is where I get, but why I just want the story to come out because if the story does come out at a publication like this, they clearly had to vet it pretty. Sh- you can't just throw out a guy was forcing women to have like you need to be feel pretty good about it, and that's what's pretty clear why this has taken a while. The difference also, wouldn't you say, is when you come out with a story like that, let's say a story like this came out of Ben's Haberman Middlecoff. Let's say we had 10 employees, and rumor was that Haberman was uh, in the wrong with some stuff mm. sexually. Mm. You'd go, well, they don't have unlimited pockets to like come after us, right, if you were the San Francisco Chronicle. You go, what are they really going to do to us? If you're the Post, you go, this guy does have an unlimited war chest. Yeah, we could so end up If in we court. are wrong... He could fucking see us, and he could ruin us. So there is, like, you're not messing with a little mom and pop. You are messing with a guy that became a billionaire at 35 who is nuts, right? Who clearly is just crazy, who in a weird way, like, whenever you heard stories about, like, Donald Sterling, for example, you know, who was, like, a really bad guy, but it, part of it was, like, he was cheap. Like, the one thing you'd say about Dan Snyder doesn't feel like he cuts, like, financial. Like, he has unlimited money, right? And he spends it. He just spends it on the wrong places, but... If you do get this wrong and you throw things out, even with people that he doesn't like, like Jay Gruden or whatever, he's coming for you. But this right? doesn't feel like uh, there's a coach that used drugs. Story. This feel like it's getting the buzz. Why not? And I say, but it feels like it's a is Dan Snyder going to lose the team? Right. That's the way it's been built up. So, which is Wouldn't a fight I'm here he for. Feel, which is cool. I mean, sometimes you need an enemy. I, I, I don't know where you stand. Like. When you, I say the Washington, I don't, they don't even have a name anymore. <laughs> they don't even have a name right now. When I just tell you the team, honestly, guy, they feel like one of the more relevant teams in the league. Maybe Which is why you, know, you could argue, like, oh, they he's, suck. he's a big name and you need enemies and bad guys and all that. But Isn't like, he more famous for, in the franchise right for, now? For us growing up, they were a major franchise. Like, their games mattered. Probably they didn't matter as much to us, but we knew that they had been recently a big deal, right? Like in the late eighties. But I'd say 90s. the majority of our life now. No, they've been bad for the majority life, of our high lives. school yeah. through now. But they're a major franchise what? with a like a major fan base, and they're irrelevant. Yeah, major money. Yeah, I know it's crazy. They, they feel major money. a little bit. Would you say a little Nixie in the NFL? Yeah. An owner that people would love to get rid of. A little different because this guy did. I mean, I, I do respect it. Now, whether he's a shithead or what he's like to work for, I had no clue, never been around him. That stories seem to be bad. Dolan was handed the franchise, like, from his dad. This guy did. Could have been me or you. Just made his own billion, guy. Made his own billion. His story, when you Google it, because I did, one like, last year one time, I'm like, what's this guy's deal? 
It was incredible. I read this article on him. Like how impressive of a human being he was financially. It was kind of like Cuban you, before Cuban, right? Yeah, if you just would have added it Because it was like it was internet like, stuff, right? It was like digital and... Well, it was like, it was marketing. It was a big thing with marketing. He was like a marketing genius. And he had his first like plane by like 24 years old. I mean, it was just incredible. Like Cuban, he was at this business... Personal, says, oh, d- database marketing. Yeah, and it just... You would have bet, like, this guy's going to do a lot of innovative things. It's why I always push back on David Tepper... And these guys, like, you're never a lock to be a good owner because in any business, it's much more about a spreadsheet where in sports, it's twofold. One, it's incredibly public. And incredibly public, not in the sense like Apple's a public company. It's a lot of people have opinions on a lot of things you're doing. And your product is ultimately people, right? Your product is not an iPad. It's not a cheeseburger. It's not a sandals or shoes or... It's fucking people. And so that gets extra, extra comp. Like, at the end of the day, Apple, they need their engineers and stuff, but their products are are, are like hard products, right? Like, th- what's the, the Redskins' most important product are ultimately going to be Ron Rivera and whoever the quarterback is. So once you start fucking with your coach, which this guy seems to do all the He's time. He's had eight coaches in 17 up. years. It, it It's... I think pro sports for being one of just like the premium businesses, right? It's one of just, it's like a, it's not a fortune 500 company, but they are. It is not like any of those other ones really. Right. Like when you look at all the top companies, it's like search engines, Apple, you know, uh, social media. It's no, it's just football. You're a football team. They just ended up generating billions of dollars for you. But it's, but, but what's funny about it and what makes it so unique, right? Is it's not, the knockoff football teams are not nearly as good. They have no chance. Like they, the knockoff football team couldn't be any less relevant to the main football. It's team. like, but like, no, we're just football. It? It's like, yeah, sorry, you're not. Would be like, guy, you know, remember when you used to wear like Adidas, and now you just wear only Travis Matthew. You know, it's just like the the knockoffs become pretty normalized in other industries. Remember when you used to only get McDonald's? Now you go to... But football Carl is Jr. so popular. Yes, you would think, well, I don't have to go to... I can just go get a burger anywhere, and the odds are you can make a pretty good burger. It's like football does not... You can't just make pretty good football just because it's... Fo- just by nature... Fo- pizza, I've always said this. Pizza's floor is so high. Pizza might be the highest floor food in existence. Like you can pull a frozen pizza out of the freezer. And you're like, is this good? No, but I'll eat it. It's incredibly high floor for a mass-consumed thing. Football is massively consumed, but its floor is very low. Yeah, I think I think I think pizza, like sex and marijuana, are kind of all the same. Like, it's all good, just some's better. You know, it's like in football, it's not there. It's just there's only one. You'd go like elite power five football, and the NFL is just on a completely different level than everything else. Like, there's just no. You just watch like Auburn, Oregon, and then you throw on, you know, Ball State, FAU. It, it, uh, am I watching? What? What is this? If you watch an, a good NFL game, and then you try to watch like one of Vince McMahon's product, you're like, yeah, this is. Is this the same thing? <laughs> you know, where where at the end of the day, you can go to In and Out Burger, but if I take you to Nation Nation's Hot Dogs, or I mean Nation's Burgers, or you know, Five Guys or whatever, you might actually like the other one and with a straight face, I like this burger more than that burger. I'd say it's not crazy. stadium burgers are consistently not that appetizing. They're terrible. But I've eaten a stadium burger yeah, several and times. You, you go with it. 
But you're not ordering a hot dog anywhere else, and you get one there, and you're like, this is, why don't I do this more? Your standard, though, at a at, at the airport and at an arena are just dramatically lower than outside in society. Yeah, right? and it's changing, too, right? Because you're not getting just, like, classic stadium, or even class airports have just, like, yeah, full-on restaurants. Yeah, you get, like, good tri-tip sandwiches yeah. now and stadium, like. What do you think Lake Upstown at the chase, right? You're not just like, only uh, shitty hot dogs, right? I mean, yeah. No, he's good. You want some uh, curry noodles with a uh, coconut shrimp? They got a Tacolicious in there. Um, yeah. Don't they have the uh, Olympic burger dog? Oh, yeah. I think they do. <laughs> I mean, so it's like, I what think, do you want, John? You could argue sometimes. What was Louis C.K.'s uh, joke about the airport? Like, you actually want to get the food on the way out now? Or is that like a fat It was a fat like guy a, thing. Know, Oh, I was like a fat ass. Like when you when you when you when you land and you still <laughs> eat at the airport, <laughs> and you're eyeballing the cinnabons yeah, on the way yeah, out. Yeah. Anyone who loves food can relate to that because it's crossed my mind before. Like you know, I got a 30 minute drive. That cinnabon looks pretty decent right there. I know, Chisanthopus. Cinnabon, sneaky hit or miss food. I my mom had one in her drawer yesterday and it just looked pretty good. I'm like. You know, I'm trying to be healthier, but I'll have a little slice of this, and then I heat like it up. Like a leftover or a homemade? No, type? it was like it was like a fresh. She had bought like probably like a bakery or at the you know nugget Didn't do it, store huh? she goes to. Yeah, and it looked really good, but it just something was missing. It's hard to screw up cinnamon uh, cinnamons, cinnamon roll. I guess it would be considered. I haven't had one in a while. Sounds good. You you like cinnamon rolls? <laughs> I mean, yeah, who doesn't? I mean, cinnamon rolls like. You're not going to meet many people to be like, Simmer roll? Shitty, right? It's like, <laughs> no way. Aaron Rodgers, good player. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to head out and get something else. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you what? bring over? No, nah, I'm going to go out for bagels. I guess I'll have one. Well. All right, on that note. weekend, guy. Good luck. Adios. See ya. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.